And welcome back to another installment of the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Devin, also known as Darkness Tiger. And I am joined by my brother, Chris. Yo, Chris, oh. a chameleon here. Oh, the chameleon is has arrived. And we are joined by our close friend, Mason. What up? Mason here, a.k.a. Rad Dreams from Rad Dreams Review. Always a pleasure. Always happy to have you. So as you guys know, every time we start our Uninformed Gamers podcast, we kind of start and talk about what we're playing, what we're doing, what's going on. Um, I'm going to be upfront and honest with every single person on this podcast. I have only spent the last couple of days trying to watch Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> oh. You did a lot better than me. This movie is so bad. <laughs> Straight garbage. Chris, please tell me you've like clicked in for like 15 minutes. Hell no. It looked like garbage. Dude, it was I, so bad. Like I, I only made it through 20 minutes and had to turn it off. Well, I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and smoke a joint. I'm going to pour me a glass of wine and I'm going to see what this is about. <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I, I, I want to support. I want to see video game adaptations into movies. Let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And literally in the first 10 minutes, I texted you guys. And I'm going to read the text message that I sent to you guys because this was the high thought that I had as I'm reading it. I said, uh, laugh my ass off. I just started watching, I just started the Disney Warrior movie. This is the most absolute garbage thing I ever watched. It's so bad, it's funny. Like the animation is like they had a budget of Subway sandwiches to barter with. They went on down to the community college and offered extra credit for a five-hour project that the animators vaguely understood. It is the (laughs) just... I can't believe Netflix paid for this. I, I'm I'm honestly shocked. Uh, the the one thing I, I'll give the movie is that they tried at least to make the characters from the video game look as close as possible to you know their live action counterpart. Like they they did try with that at least. As my friend Nigel says, they tried they tried it and it just. I don't yeah. think there's any redeemable qualities because this is like this is the because the movie is in Cantonese. Uh, I literally said I feel like they dubbed in the Cantonese. Yeah, because there there were moments in the movie where the characters would speak and then the lip flaps of their characters wouldn't match with what they were saying. Exactly. So I'm like, like the, the most atrocious um, example was with um, uh, what was his name um, Dong Zong, I believe. Mm-hmm where he was like that golden general in the beginning of the film like he yep, was I know the exact scene you're talking about and he was like i had to like rewind it a little bit because i'm like wait a minute did that just not match and then i watch it again i'm like oh shit yep see i'm sitting there like high as a kite and i am like nah that can't be real yeah and then as i did the same thing i played it back and sure enough I, I don't think this movie has any redeeming qualities because it's also not a short movie either. No, it's uh, two hours, right? Two, like this, if this was like a 70, 80 minute movie, okay, fine. I have literally made it to the halfway point and I feel like every time I turn it on for five minutes, I immediately just turn it back off. Yeah. That's disgusting. I don't even know why you're watching it. Like Chris, watch it. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I already don't watch movies. Why would I add to my arsenal something that's garbage? So we can <laughs> talk about how garbage this movie is. Today, <laughs> like a podcast. 
<laughs> hey, man. I'll I'll be on the outside looking in. I'll agree with you guys that it is <laughs> indeed garbage. You're, you're, not miss, you're not missing anything, Chris. No, <laughs> I believe it. I can't. I literally cannot recommend it. Not even as a bad movie to hate watch. But Chris, what's been going on in your world? What have you been doing? Gaming, watching. What's going on? Um. So I've been playing through Sea of Thieves. Been doing the Tall Tales, which is like the the story mode. Um. On top of that, I've been. Uh, playing through Final Fantasy 14, so Final Fantasy Realm Reborns, uh, the MMO story mode. Um, And then on top of that, uh, I've been playing some Nino Kuni. Nice. Um, And I think that about does it for me. Some good stuff, some good games. Amazing. What's going on in your end of the world? Which wedding did you go to this time? (laughs) No no weddings this time, luckily. Hmm. Uh, So... Uh, things were a little tame, uh, but I spent a majority of my time getting ready as well as competing in a massive online uh, Digimon card game tournament. Uh, it was a 256-player tournament that took place online uh, via Discord. So basically what you had to do is you had to connect like a, a web camera, point it down at you know, your cards and stuff. And then you play with an opponent from, you know, wherever. And then, uh, it, there was, uh, seven rounds. So it took about roughly seven hours to complete because each round is like 50 minutes or so with like five minutes of overtime. So, so yeah, over the weekend, I was able to take part in a massive online, uh, Digimon card game tournament. Uh, it was a 256 player tournament, so a lot, a lot of participants, and there were seven rounds, so it took roughly uh, seven hours to complete. And basically, how it functioned is you do it over Discord, uh, connect your webcam, you know, point it down at your cards, so that way you know your opponent knows that you're not like doing any funny business. You got to make sure you show your your hands at all times, your cards at all times, not obviously show the front of the card, but the backs, you know, so that way your opponent can't obviously see what's in your hand. Um, But it was a really, really fun tournament. Unfortunately, I did not win the whole thing, but I did do fairly decent. I placed 56th overall out of 256 people. Congratulations. So like, that's not too terrible. Like my record was, Four wins, two losses, and one tie. Uh, I was really upset with the tie because I was like one turn away from winning. And then the judge came in um, and was just like, hey, guys, that that's actually time in overtime. I'm like, God damn it. Oh, the struggle. The struggle is real, but you still did a good job. But um, I did win um, some prize cards for placing in the top 64 players. So I was really, really happy about that. Uh, I will be competing in more tournaments in the future. This weekend, I have one on Saturday. And then the following weekend, I have one final tournament. Is this all going to be on Discord? Yeah, yeah. It's all online because uh, COVID stuff. Well, good stuff, man. Um, I hope you get even to like go ahead and be able to increase your rankings a bit yeah i do too and i i think with this next tournament i'll do a lot better because i learned a lot from it 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're um, learning, you grow. You oh yeah. So that, so that was pretty much, um, what I did. I prepped for the tournament, played in it. So I didn't really do, um, a lot of, uh, gaming other than that. It seems like the older we get and the less free time we actually have that we're moving away from the video game realm. But as of right now, there's really not too, too much I want to play. All my games are going to be coming out towards the tail end of the year. So right now, it's just kind of a... Uh, well, I know um, for those who have Xbox Game Pass, the Microsoft Flight Simulator is going to be on Game Pass this month. So I think I might get back into gaming once that is dropped. But Yeah, it's a big game. But speaking of gaming... There was some new news, uh, and that is that Nickelodeon is going to be doing... Uh, you guys remember Nickelodeon? Yes, of course. <laughs> Duh. Well, I don't know. Some people... Some I, I've actually chatted with people whose parents would not allow them to watch the TV show Rugrats. See, it was Why? weird with, with me when I was growing up. Uh, my parents didn't allow me to watch certain shows on the Cartoon Network, but they allowed me to watch shows on Nick. So the two shows in particular that my parents were very cautious on, on the Cartoon Network, was, uh, strangely enough, Rocket Power. Okay. And, okay. Um, show. The, the next one, I, I understand, it was Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, because my parents felt like if I watched Ed, Ed, and Eddie, it would just slowly eat at my brain <laughs> so they're like he's gonna start doing these really dumb things that they yeah. do in this show <laughs> but like for for nickelodeon like my parents didn't really care like they they allowed me to watch ren and stimpy i loved ren and stimpy that is my go-to like show I, it is just it is such comedy gold even oh, to it is but it's very mature very mature like it Extremely. was it was well it, it, it literally, because it was on Nickelodeon, it was literally Nickelodeon's answer to Adult Swim. Just oh, it really was. Alone. So, so, so Devin, why, why do you bring up Nickelodeon? Well, because we don't generally think of Nickelodeon. Well, here's the thing. Nickelodeon does not have a very good record of video games. No, yeah, they, they've had a couple SpongeBob games here and there. Back in the day, they had some Rugrat games. There, there's a battle for Bikini Bottom that was actually really successful. Yeah, it was successful, but like we're you just because you have one out of this whole batch. Oh of yeah, yeah. Like, there's a whole slew that were unsuccessful. But it, but there is proof in the pudding that Nickelodeon can be successful when they take their IPs and make some put some money aside and make a good product. Well, literally uh, this week it was announced that. Nickelodeon is going to be taking a page out of the Nintendo playbook yes. and it's going to be creating a basically an all-star Super Smash Nintendo. And I am all for it. Chris, did you see this news? Oh yeah, this should be this should be a good time. <laughs> yeah, like the uh the trailer for it dropped and I'm like, this is a joke. This is this is this is, this can't be a thing. And then the the official trailer hits, I'm like, "Oh, all right, it is. <laughs> Copy and paste is a strong thing in this world. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I, if and when I get this game, I'm looking forward to playing as uh, Nigel Thornberry. Yeah, smashing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the video game is called Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. 
And when I first, because you, you, we sent the the, uh, the trailer and the, yes. the group text, and I'm watching it, and like literally the first like 15 seconds, I'm like, this game looks like garbage. However, what was my saving grace is when I saw Invader Zim, who yes. one of my all-time favorite shows of all time. And I am like, okay, regardless of how bad this game looks, I have to play it because I have you to just, fight as Invader Zim. Even though the game itself doesn't look amazing, it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Like, it, it really does. Just to be able to just beat other uh, Nickelodeon characters up is going to be a just fucking blast and i think that's what they're going to be leaning on for is not necessarily the gameplay ability but the the nostalgic factor oh, dude, the nostalgia is so big right now and it always it honestly always has been it, it literally is because when was the last time you watched the wild thornberries dude a long time it's ago. been a, it's been a while because i'm trying to think because there was one character who was like sandwich sandwich guy yeah yeah, no, it was Powder Toast Man. From Powder Ren Toast Stimpy. Man. Was that from SpongeBob? Where was that no, from? It's from Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Powder <laughs> Toast Man. <laughs> Best character in that show. Don't at me. So you have Powder Toast Man, SpongeBob SquarePants, Sandy Cheeks, Patrick Starr, Michelangelo from Te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Leonardo from the same place, Lucy Loud, Lincoln Loud, Nigel Thornberry, Oblina from Ah Real Monsters, Helga from Hey Arnold, Danny Phantom from Danny Phantom, Reptar from Rugrats, and Invader Zim. I think this is an all-star lineup. This is like our so Avengers. Far, yeah. I mean, they're going to be adding more characters to it because at the end of the trailer it says, you know, more surprises to come. And they haven't even touched on um, the... I would say arguably the second most popular Nicktoons show. And what is that? Because I go for it. All right, all right. Avatar. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I would say that would be the second most popular. First being obviously SpongeBob. Yeah, because they can add in Ang and they can add in uh, yep. Katara. And they could add in Zuko. They could. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of characters that they could add from it, Avatar. It's, it's fortunate that Nickelodeon has such an all-star cast of like TV shows mm-hmm. where you really can literally pick and choose whatever you want. Exactly. Uh, as long as they don't like try to bring in some like uh, iCarly things or whatever. Yeah. Like the the one character that I was like, oh shit, that's a deep cut was Powder Toast Man. Like, Ren and Stimpy, for all intents and purposes, is kind of, like, obscure in a way. Mm-hmm. It's same with, like, Ariel Monsters. Like, that, not a lot of people would, like, think of that show when they think of Nickelodeon. I would agree. A lot of people definitely don't know about that show. So uh, it's one I'm of really my favorites. I'm really happy that probably. that's in there. Yeah. So is there anybody who, uh, outside of Avatar, obviously, is there any other Nickelodeon character that you'd want to see in this game to play as? Because I, in my head, I immediately have two. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple guesses uh, for characters, um, and then I have my own personal preferences. See, in my head, I'm, I, I really want the Angry Beavers. Yes, I was just talking to my wife, Jackie, about that, having Dag and Norbit in there. Well, like as a duo, kind of like um, in uh, Super Smash Brothers when you have like the brother and sister. 
Oh, yeah, like Mario, Luigi, you know, yep. have Dag in orbit. And also Rocco's Modern Life. Yes. I was thinking Heifer from Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, that would be a good pick. Yeah, I think it would be. And so, um, well, I don't know if that has a release date yet because it uh, might it be. It says um, uh, fall of 2021. Oh, wow. So it's re- really right around the corner then. Yeah, that's what the uh, release date at the end said. And it also said it will be releasing for all major consoles. Yep, so that includes uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. And even the next gen. And the next gen. So we will see if this is going to take a fight to the uh, Smash Brothers uh, realm. Mm -hmm. Probably not, but it'll still be fun. But a couple of the, uh, before we move on to the next topic, uh, a couple of the other, like, guesses that i'm gonna have for the nicktoons brawl would be um certain shows would be jimmy neutron oh absolutely uh fairly odd parents in choosing timmy turner or jorgen von strangle (laughs) my god yep Yep. um crimson chin yeah crimson chin would be a very good choice um i i honestly if they're doing deep cuts they could even go so far to pick um, oh, what's her face? Uh, uh, what was her name from My Life as a Teenage Robot? The uh, what's her name? Jen- Jenny Jennifer. Jeez. I'm not familiar with that show. But they could no do idea. a deep. Yeah. They could do a deep cut with that. They could that is do, a major deep cut. They could do like Cat Dog. Oh, I I would love to see Cat Dog. I don't know how they would make that work, but mm-hmm. to, to be fair, I don't know how they would make how they would make any of this work. Yeah. And then my final guess, if they want to do another deep cut, would be a fairly obscure <laughs> Nicktoon show. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it off the top of my head. I think it was called like uh, Club Winks. It involved like fairies. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. It was, oh, no. It's called Winks Club, not Club Winks. I know what you're talking about. I have seen that one. Yeah. And then my personal preference would be the character from um, Chalk Zone, Rudy. Yes, absolutely. Chalk Zone was awesome. I love that show. <laughs> it was so good. Very, very good. But that that that'll be kind of where I, where I'll leave uh, the current topic for uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, we can't wait to see more, and hopefully, we can see more characters introduced. Hopefully, this is going to create a massive thing for Nintendo. Uh, not Nintendo. It's so I'm so accustomed to having these no, things I come know, out. Like, so, like Smash Bros has had a monopoly on this type of format for God only knows how long, years, and a couple of games have tried but haven't quite succeeded. Like, if do you remember PlayStation All Stars? Yep, sure do. That flopped. Um, yep, sure did. Shonen Jump. Yep, sure All-Stars did. for the next gen. That flopped. Digimon, because there was a Digimon Battle Royale game that also yep. flopped. Yep, Rumble Arena. I do, not, I do not feel like, I don't feel like this is going to be a major sales success. However, I feel like we're, because we live in an era of nostalgia, it doesn't matter. People are going to jump in and buy anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guarantee 100%. you. Like, especially, like, I think it'll sell the best on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, guaranteed. Easily. Easily. Because, it's like, a it is a, it, for all intents and purposes, it, it's a family-friendly game. Yeah, but let's change the pace a little bit. While we're yeah. on the subject of nostalgia, 
Um, Chris, do you remember playing Super Mario Super Mario Brothers sixty four? Yes, and I still to this day have never beat it. I I've never beaten it either, Chris. So don't feel bad, but I played it pretty heavily when I owned a N sixty four. Yeah, I'm just I'm notoriously bad at platforming games. <laughs> that is true. Um, no, I actually I played it. I can't say that I ever beat it myself. Yeah, it, it was because it, these are not short games. These no, are no. Although huh, there are people out there that can beat that game in uh, crazy amounts of time. Yeah, but like it's not like they're do they they cheat. Like let's be honest, oh, they, yeah. they glitch in and out. It, it's it's not as simple as that. But back in the day when when the Super Smile Brothers sixty four came out, it was an expensive game. It's not even an expensive game today if you were to cop on eBay or Amazon or whatever to buy it. But how much would either of you pay for an original copy? I mean, what what kind of conditions it, would it be in? Like as if you went to the store today and you just picked it off the shelf, like that kind of condition. Obviously unopened, of course. Yeah, How much yeah. would you – because uh, you can go – games are do generally – they can hold their value, but they don't hold their value that well. Um, yeah. they're, not, they're not an old classic Porsche. They're not a Monet painting. Um, they're not a Charizard Pokemon card. It's a video game. Mm-hmm. I so mean – if I'm going to like CD Game Exchange or some, or some sort of reseller or something they, like that, then they would ask you to pay them five dollars for them to take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I guess I mean the the most I'd be willing to pay for, especially like that older game. Uh, that's a tough one. Probably like a hundred bucks. Yeah, like for me, if if I was just like walking around the store. Uh, like a the buybacks or a record exchange or whatever, yeah. and I saw it and I had the means to actually like play it. I'd be like, okay, I pick. I'm I'm going to shoot a little bit less than you. I would say probably thirty bucks for me. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm I'm cheap. Chris, what about you? If you saw an original copy of Super Smash Brothers, uh, not Super, Super Smash Brothers, Super Mario Brothers sixty four, how much would you Ooh. be willing to drop? It's it's so like, I'm. It's a great game, but it's still not like a game for me so it doesn't really hold any value i wouldn't buy it i i really wouldn't even think about buying it yeah that's a hot take well chris you are in the minority because a sealed mario 64 has just sold at auction for 1.5 million dollars that is insane to me that person's out of his mind yeah whoever bought that uh, does not know the value of vintage video games because if I'm not mistaken, that might be the highest grossing sale or like uh, most expensive auction for a video game ever. And it literally a week before that, uh, the most expensive video game auction went to, I think it was the the original Legend of Zelda game yeah. for half the price. Yeah. Something something funky had to have happened with that auction for it to reach that uh, astronomical value because there is no way even a mint condition Super Mario Bros. 64 copy should be worth that much. And I, I saw the article initially and it did say that it was one of five in existence of that quality. It was almost like mint condition. But well, even even then. It should well, not be worth that much. Well, when they're doing the grading for this particular auction, it's, it's graded based off a number system and also an A or B or A++ yes. rating. 
This one was not a perfect rating. It was a 9.8 A++, which is the highest a game of this caliber could get. A 9.4 A++ uh, sealed copy of the game sold for only $38,000 this past January. Mm -hmm. And a 9.2 A graded copy sold for just $7,500. Other copies of the game in similar condition just sold below $10,000 on eBay earlier this year as well. So for like this game, the what I would have expected and would have considered fair would be at most a hundred grand, and that's being generous. I would say just based I off. I would say based off the numbers, like fifty thousand probably would have been the most likely to happen to this. Yeah, but one point five million. I'm sorry, but something something fishy's going on here. We have yeah. reached, and, and I'm glad you're not the only person who thinks so, because there was an update on Kotaku okay. about who the bidders were and what safeguards are in place to prevent fraud. The reasoning for this is because uh, not too long ago, there was an auction for a blue-eyed white dragon. You yes. That, we talked about that on the podcast, right? Yeah. we I believe we talked about it. If not, it's one of our stories that unfortunately got dropped, um, where it was a, a blue-eyed white dragon sold for 10 times over its actual value. And so the reason these questions are being asked, like what safeguards are in place to prevent fraud and how much money it makes off these record-breaking sales, a spokesperson for Heritage Auction responded via email saying, Heritage, which is the auction firm, will claim 20% of the total purchase price of the sale of the game. The final hammer price was $1.3 million. Hmm. Buyer's premium on this lot was 20%, bringing the actual price to $1.5 million. The winning bidder was vetted before they were eligible to cast a bid of this magnitude. Auction houses routinely vet clients prior to sales, and we verified this bidder was qualified. I can assure you this winning bid was made by a collector who is not related to the auction house in any way. It was cast by an individual, independent citizen. Although the winning bid does not wish to be identified at this time, this may change the coming days or weeks. So even the auction house said, this is not normal. Yeah. Do yeah, you that's insane. Do you I, guys... Go, go ahead, Chris. I, I just don't understand, like... People's like value of a dollar is insane to me. Like I would never, even if I'm like the biggest collector in the world, pay a fucking million dollars over a million dollars for a goddamn video game. Yeah. You're out of your fucking man. Especially for an N64 video game. The N64, mind you, is not that old of a system. It's really not. Sure isn't. Like it's so like it was a good system, but it had one of the worst controllers in history. In my <laughs> oh, it, was I, just, I, it was very uncomfortable to hold yes i don't i honestly don't know who they who like whose hands they think they had with that controller but i'm like, not sure it like sure it has some it has some very good games on it but like i'm not going out of my way to go play an n64 because no, i know it, that controller is a piece of crap like in, in my eyes like the, that game is not even the most coveted no, 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 not at all. I would, you know what? I would go for Super Smash Brothers over that. Oh yeah, like, like if you if you if you had asked me the same questions with Super Super Smash Brothers, if I would what I would pay for in a store, yeah, I'd pay about a hundred bucks. I think I think that would be like more mm-hmm. worth it. But not, but not, not Super Mario sixty four. No way. I wonder. I do wonder with this auction, like how contentious was it, or did the final bidder just decide to himself, okay, I'm gonna. Cr- make a absurd high bid so that way nobody can beat it 
I have a feeling that's what happened. I have a feeling that it was just one guy whose daddy didn't love him. And when he finally came into some money, he bought the game the last time him and his father bonded for whatever price it cost because he had absolutely no inclination of how to realize his actual life. I know I am probably reaching here with this, but we have reached, in my opinion, we have reached an era where the value of anything doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's literally what people are willing to pay. And I think I, I actually have a theory on why things are going up in incredibly high value, such as this uh, 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 Super Mario Bros. Uh, 64. I have a feeling that the person who spent this $1.5 million has several copies of this game mm-hmm. in, in very good condition. By him or her or them. Oh, I see what you're you saying. Know, He's setting the price. He is he or she or them is setting the artificial price. Yep. So they can just sell it back. And I feel like this is what we're seeing in a lot of things is that we're seeing people who are writing articles about, oh, the collector card shortages is a real thing. And everybody starts flooding out to buy cards. Oh, well, I'll post these cards on eBay and they're going to sell. And you see it with um, people who write articles about uh, classic cars. Oh, here's a before, here's a car you might have forgotten about. We're seeing what people we're seeing, quote unquote, influencers yes. and an influencer does not have to be somebody who's just on YouTube or Instagram. This is this guy, whoever this or person, whoever it is, is an influencer because they just influence the entire market. Yes, they and, did. And I think that we're seeing influencers who have gotten smart and we are too dumb of a populace to understand that this is what they're trying to do. They are trying to artificially inflate the market. And these things have absolutely no value. There's no reason they should be that expensive. And to kind of touch on the whole influencers, for lack of a better word, influencing the market, a, a very good example can be found in the Pokemon trading card game community with this guy. His first name is Gary. i trying to remember his last name. I think his last name is Oak. No, 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 no. That's pretty good. That's That's pretty good. good. (laughs) That was pretty good, Devin. Thank you. I'm here Uh, all week. But this guy named Gary, um, he goes by the moniker, very presumptuous moniker, King Pokemon. And he appeared on an episode of Pawn Stars a while back, trying to sell his Charizard collection to the guys on Pawn Stars. And they knew nothing of the of the game, the value of the cards that they're like, I don't understand this. I'm going to pass. And then Gary turned around and sold his Charizard for like an insane amount of money after that episode aired. Like it was over a million dollars that he made from a sale. And um, he is considered like the face of the Pokemon trading card game community now. And he's one of those influencers, like you said, Devin, that kind of sets the price or influences the price and is one of the leading factors for why people covet like these Charizard cards because he owns almost all of them. And and I think as collect I'm not much of a collector because I don't I don't have a I mean, place. I, I collect a little bit myself, but yeah. nothing like that. Yeah, but I think like as like collectors, we have to come to the realization that we should be collecting things that we want to collect and not following what a market trend is. Yeah. Like technically I collect old Honda motorcycles. That is my weird thing. Mm-hmm. And it just, I just started, I bought one. The next thing I just kept buying them. And so 
but I'm not buying them because I wish to resell them. I think we're going into a market that's moving away from actual collectors to just sellers. There's just people. Yeah, who are and that, and that's, that's what's happening in Pokemon right now is people are getting into the hobby for what I perceive to be the wrong reasons. Like and, nothing's wrong with trying to make money, but you're doing it kind of nefariously. And I know some people are going to probably disagree and I do not care because I'm going to make this stand. If you're only getting into something to make money, you're getting into it for the wrong reasons. Yes, I I completely agree with that. You should get into a hobby or collecting because you genuinely love it. And then if you want to like sell things on the side, sure. But your primary motivation should not be, I want to get rich. Yeah, like we don't do this podcast because we're out here to make a shit ton of money. No, no, we don't. We get paid $10,000 per post, so. (laughs) We're not making anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, it's, uh, I agree. We're in a, we're in an interesting time where. Definitely. Money greedy people. (laughs) Do you guys see this ever ending? Because it feels like we're in a bubble where at some point. It is going to burst. I guarantee you it's going to burst. Just like the housing bubble. Just like um, the stock market bubble. I mean. The internet bubble of the 90s. The tech bubble. And And I think that people need to take a step back. Take a breather. Understand, do not allow your emotions to root, uh, run your life. Because whoever bought this copy of Super Mario Brothers 64 for $1.5 million was running on nothing more than an emotion. Yep. Because they, because once this bubble bursts, this game is not going to be worth even a million dollars. No, I, I do not believe that. It is definitely not worth even close to that. But yes. Uh, but I think that's a good actual segue. Yes. Running on emotions. So um, recently there was an article uh, from Kotaku uh, titled, uh, (laughs) this is good, League of Legends team pulls video of players' jobs being threatened. Uh, (laughs) It's fucked up. (laughs) I'm like, all right, how toxic it would be. It is League of Legends. We all know that League of Legends can be toxic, but like, let's, let's see what this is about. Yes. So basically what I'm what I've got or gathered from this is CLG posted a um, like a video or a trailer of behind the team, the scenes for their League of Legends team. Now, CLG um, is what? Uh, Counter Logic Gaming? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, they posted a behind the scenes and I believe it's the the manager. Am I correct? I think it's the it's manager. The, uh, or the, the Yeah, the general manager. Okay. So the general manager says, I'm going to be up front. I'm thinking about roster swaps. Uh, His name is Lee. And he said, um, it's been two months. (laughs) We haven't really been progressing. So there's very likely going to be some changes this week. I'm exploring options. So this might be the last time we have this roster of five playing. Mm. So basically, their team is in, I think, second to last. Um, in their uh, in their conference or league or whatever. Um, oh wait, no, they're actually in last place. I, I apologize. They are in last place. They're and not. Doing well. He's fed up with it, 
And for whatever reason, though, they they themselves, CLG, released this video um, of him saying this. Now, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like, sure, you might be a manager and thinking about like replacing some people and trading them or whatever for your team. But you don't say it to them. No, like, and you 100% don't make a fucking promo fucking video of it. Yeah. Like, part I, of my language, but, like, that was completely out of line. See, I'm going to take it a little bit further than both of you guys did. Because, all right, so, I, okay. So, you can let your team know, hey, you guys are fucking up. Just an FYI, if we continue down this downward spiral... We're going to have to change the roster out. Just letting you, that's stating the fact. So that's one thing. Shitty, but it's kind of, it's a conversation that needs to be had, especially for a manager. Shittiness part two is making it into a promotional video. Mm-hmm. And the shittiest thing of all is then posting it on Twitter. For, for the entire team. world. Because you know how Twitter is very understanding. <laughs> Twitter is not, not that. <laughs> There's something special on there. So ultimately, ultimately CLG did uh, elect to take down the video. Because they were wrong. You can only... Yeah, they were 100% wrong. And they had the gall to uh, kind of explain their actions by saying was, our goal was to share an authentic moment with our fans and be as transparent as possible, leading up to potential changes that may occur this week. We recognize the negative light that it brings to our players. And for that, we apologize and have taken down the video. So, like, I feel bad for whatever intern had to write that. Because oh, yeah. You know it wasn't the general manager. You, you know, know damn that. well it wasn't the GM that wrote that. It was some communications major. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there Taking like, I have to lie to these people like this. <laughs> <laughs> that we're gonna we're gonna do this fake ass apology. Could you well, imagine? We don't give a damn. Could you imagine <laughs> if you were like the intern and you're just kind of like, you want me to post? You want me to say what? But you said I, I should post it. You told me to post it. <laughs> you know what's even funnier? Like you you had like a videographer like recording this thing, and he's probably looking at him like. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, that is my thing. Is no level of. Any level of approval said, this is a bad idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it almost, this is going to be an extreme example, but there was this video. You guys probably saw this on social media. Honestly, it was everywhere on TikTok. But it almost reminds me of this uh, TikTok person. It was this uh, white woman recording a TikTok uh, doing, like, blackface. Oof. And, uh, and she released it to the public. I'm like, I'm like, girl. Girl, nah. what are you doing? Dumb. Real dumb. I'm like, that is the biggest oof ever. And I, I, I know that um, H&M, the retail clothing store, yeah, they, they actually got in trouble. Again, there are levels of approval, and I don't know how this just posted. Like, they were able to post this without anyone saying, this is a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah. And it had, like, children's wear, like children's clothing. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Oh my god! That was so bad. Oh god. Okay, Chris. Um, So it it, naturally it had a uh, black kid, which you and I are black. So, um, and 
what should you not put a black kid? What what kind of animal should you Monkey. avoid if you're Monkey. And what did H and M not avoid? Oh, yeah. oh my god, that's hilarious. There was a there was actually a show, and that's the reason I thought Monkey that that was making fun of that same thing. And it was uh man, I don't know the name of the show. Well, um, well Chris, I'm gonna send you the I'm going to send you the link of the Discord because, like, I, it's worse than I actually remember it being. Because on the shirt for this this poor little kid, the shirt literally says "Coolest Monkey in the Jungle." Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I forgot that it said that. That's oh my! Terrible. That's now, terrible. <laughs> again. Someone was editing this picture. Someone yep. took the picture. Someone yep. had to sign into the account and make sure it looked good. Someone said, okay, yeah, go ahead and post that. You know, that tells you right there, there were no black people a part of this. Nope. Just- All right. So <laughs> well, to, to, to kind of get back to the league story, um, it was not well received by the community. Like they, they saw this fake apology. They saw the video. They're just like, they just uh, really laid into CLG uh, for, for this kind of atrocity. Even other organizations spoke up. Uh, Tian Ho, head of uh, marketing for esports organization Rogue, even said, apologize to your players. You, you might as well film the apology as well and release that. Mm, do you think that, do you guys think that it matters because you would assume that, oh, this this organ- this team is getting canceled. But this is now negative publicity. People are now going to see what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So in, in one aspect, yes, that's a shitty thing to do. And even in the back, the bullshit half-assed apology is another thing. But I feel like they're going to get their initial point is that we're going to have people start paying attention to us. We're going to have a fire underneath us. And now people are going to notice that we're the team who's getting ready to fire our entire team if they lose again. So nothing's really going to come of this. They might lose a sponsorship or two, but like they're, they're a pretty well-established organization. Um, They've been, I'm pretty sure they've been with league basically the, since. Yeah. I mean, they've been at the forefront of the NALCS for quite some time. Yeah. So like (laughs) nothing will really come of it. There are people are still going to watch them. They'll eventually forget about it. Um, but again, they might lose a sponsor or two, but like outside of that, no, no, people are still going to watch them and do their thing. Oh yeah. I think the main takeaway from this story is, is before you post anything on social media, and I do mean anything, yep. think about how can people negatively react, negatively react to this? 110%. It's, it. It kind of harkens back to uh, a, a kind of a theory in psychology as well as economics, where it's the law of unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Like your intentions might be good, but the consequences for doing it might not be what you expect. One hundred percent. And on that note, I think we can call an episode here. Because that's what we talked about. These were some have some comical stories, but also this is kind of a sad world we're living in. 
where people are just spending all their money. And I don't, the guy who bought the Silver Mario 64, I guarantee it wasn't all of his money. All their oh. money on collector items. People are just rude and nasty and posting it on social media. I just hope that this gets better. I do. And I Same. think eventually it will get better. Yeah. And on that note, thank you all for joining us for another installment of the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Darkness Tiger, also named Devin. If you go ahead and tweet us at the Uninformed Gamers Twitter page, I will most likely respond in three to five business days. (laughs) So thank you for joining us. Chris Mason, go ahead and do your send outs. Yeah, uh, I am Chameleon. So, uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash iChameleon9. That's I-K-A-M-E-L-I-O-N-I. Or at my Twitter page at Chameleon Games. Um, it's always a pleasure speaking with you boys. And I am Mason, also known as Rad Dreams from Rad Dreams Review. You can always find me on my YouTube channel, Rad Dreams Review. Um, been a little quiet on the channel in terms of content. Uh, but I will be releasing uh, more videos here very soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. So make sure you, you know you do that nice little liking, that commenting, that subscribing, hitting that bell, you know, all that YouTuber jargon. <laughs> but as always, it's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen out podcasts. And as always, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Peace.